Welcome to Upside Down Mirror, one woman's true story of a twin flame journey, a reflection of true love, true hate, and everything in between, where everything and nothing matters at the same time. shatter as mirrors of shadows cut through indestructible layers testing the sands of time. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of Upside Down Mirror. If you remember from episode 17 I'm really exploring the relationship with Ryan and Sean to figure out what is going on. My dream love is one person who I can spend my life with where we can build an empire together, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and help the world doing so. My best friend, my confidant, someone that I make love with, someone I can do Tantra with. So at this point, I'm utterly confused. There's not one day that goes by where I feel like I'm lucky because I have these two guys. I mean, I was very lucky to have both of them because they're, they're phenomenal, but I really was working on a way to make this into one person. My idea of a twin flame relationship, first, everything is twin. We're all mirrors for each other all the time. So twin flames can come as essences. Different people can come in at different times to help us heal ourselves so that we can attract that harmonious twin or that harmonious version of ourself so that we can get our harmonious twin. So that's where I was at. I was, you know, reflecting back, trying to get to a point where my self-love was so deep that I was going to attract that in another person as well. When we do enough self-work and we truly love ourselves, we then activate, become authentic, live our passion out, we activate that divine masculine and that divine feminine within us and we activate our light bodies. It is at that point when we do this for ourselves that we attract a significant other who has done that for themselves because everything's a mirror. And then you've got those two energies. You know, for me, I was the embodiment of the divine feminine, you know, and my partner will be the embodiment of the divine masculine those two energies that come together are creation they create new life forces so that's where the healing fields come together if you are working with your significant other on a personal level the way you should be your activation the way you two activate each other will heal everyone around you very rapidly think of creating a child you've got the sperm that fertilizes the egg. 
you've got that masculine life force, that feminine life force. I'm not necessarily talking about gender, I'm talking about life force. They come together, they create a baby, they create a new life, they create a new world. My guides even told me in one of the ceremonies that if I choose to allow Sean to ejaculate inside of me when I'm ovulating, that him and I can consciously create something else besides a baby. It doesn't have to be a baby. We can say to the universe, we want to create a life force that does this. And it would be like manifesting on steroids. And I told Sean this. And Sean, remember, he had never had any kids. And he tried one time to have a child. And I got pregnant. So in his mind, he doesn't even understand that women only have like a 30% chance of getting pregnant when they're ovulating. So he thinks 100% of the time I'm going to get pregnant if he would ejaculate inside of me while I'm ovulating. And so when I was doing my energy work and he was observing me, I would often say that when him and I were together doing Tantra. And I would say just, you know, come inside of me so we can create something really big. And he would laugh at me and say, no, we're definitely not doing that. So I knew at that moment that he wasn't 100% on board with my channelings and what I was picking up with spirit, which was fine. But that's going to be important for what I have to say later. So going back to, to the story, something had to shift. Something had to change. So Ryan and I decided we needed a separation. He had taken up residency where I lived after building the house. It was becoming a very stagnant energy. Things weren't shifting in the way they needed to. So he decided he was going to move to Florida and live with a friend for a while. And that that separation, you know, we both decided that would be really good for us. And during this process of him moving, it was, you know, really close. It was actually right during, it was after Halloween. So it was, you know, right around the holidays. And he had a very difficult time, and so did I. We missed each other, but we would talk on the phone or text. And then Sean and I had a scheduled trip to Costa Rica. Remember, we had gotten this land, so we we would visit Nosara occasionally to get to know the place, go to our land, plan, meet with the architect. So we went to Costa Rica, and I felt like everything was really different with Sean, I didn't feel, or maybe it was that I just noticed the lack of connection. Whereas before I was okay with the lack of connection because I hadn't experienced what I did with, with Ryan. Remember with Ryan, he's the type of guy you could lay next to on the living room floor and laugh all night, tickle each other and just talk endlessly. Or if you're thinking something in your brain, he would know it and say, hey, what are you thinking about? I can feel that. You know, so that was a connection I've never actually had before with um, anybody except for maybe my younger sister. So what I was noticing about Sean and I was like, yeah, I was very connected with my husband. Like the Tantra was flaring. I, I loved him. I was in love with him. But I still felt that him and I could walk on the beach at the same time together, but we weren't together. Whereas with Ryan, I felt like if him and I were to walk together, whatever we were doing, we were always together. No matter if 
we were 200 feet apart, we just felt together. With with Sean, it was like we could be sitting next to each other, but I still felt a separateness between us. And that bothered me a little bit. So I think that, you know, we started to get into these little fights in Costa Rica. One in particular, like he likes to make fun of the way I, I speak. He's English. I'm from Western Maryland. So he would make fun of my accent, but he would do it to a point where if I'm trying to tell a story, then that's all he does is make fun of me for the rest of the story. Like I was trying to show him this vehicle, that's how I said it, vehicle that I wanted in Costa Rica because of the train. And I was telling him how that would be good. But as soon as I said vehicle, he just started making fun of me. And it lasted for like five minutes. And then he just looks at me like, continue your story. And I was like, no, it's totally gone now. Like I'm used to it. And so I remember us getting into like fights like that. And then I remember Ryan reaching out in the middle of the trip saying that he couldn't really do this anymore. He didn't want to be like that other guy in my life, you know, thinking of me in Costa Rica with my husband. And like he, th- he thought maybe we should just stop what we were doing. And so then I got upset with, with Ryan and I, you know, told Sean the truth. I was like, well, I don't think Ryan wants to talk to me anymore. And then I told Sean, it just seems like you and I are just so disconnected that we can walk on the beach together, but we're not really with one another. And I think that Sean didn't quite understand what I was talking about because that's how we had existed. We were close. I mean, you could look at us and tell us that we were close, but not the type of closeness that I was desiring or really wanting in a relationship. So I was exasperated, you know, after Ryan sent me that message and getting into these arguments with Sean. And I went on the beach and I was sitting there just breathing and connecting and channeling. And then I heard, remember, you don't, you can't find things outside of yourself. Everything is a mirror. So right now you're feeling like you don't have this divine masculine in your life. So you have to realize that you have it within you. Not only that, don't blame the masculine energy, the divine masculine energy for any hurt that a man has done to you. If you were hurt by your father or your ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend or the person that raped you, that is not the divine masculine's fault. That is ego. Men and women both hurt people through ego. And I was like, okay, that's a huge message. So you have to embrace and love the divine masculine energy. And then I just sat on the beach and I was like, I love the divine masculine. I love the divine masculine. I love the divine masculine. And I could feel that divine masculine energy coming in and just letting my divine feminine energy relax, calm down and play. So I walked back and it just so happened that I had to get my stuff and go on a little airplane ride from Nassar to San Jose because I had a dentist appointment. So I got my stuff and my husband took me to the airport and then I got on the plane and it's about a 30 minute ride from Nassar to San Jose and I dropped my wallet and it had hundreds of dollars of bills in it. And this man comes up to me in the most loving way and he says, hey miss, you dropped your wallet. And he hands it back to me with the most kind smile. And I was like, okay, there you go. I love the divine masculine. Then I went to this popular coffee shop in San Jose while I was waiting for my appointment to start, but I was looking around for a charger. And all of a sudden this man comes up to me and he says, it looks like you're looking for 
or I wasn't looking for a charger. I was looking for a plug to put my charger in. So he says, I noticed that you were looking for an outlet to put your charger in. He's like, here, here's one. And he points to it and walks me over to it. And I was like, if this isn't the universe just showing me, look what happened when you embraced the divine masculine and said, I love the divine masculine. All of these kind acts from the masculine will come at you from everywhere so that you're not attached to just one or two human beings. If you embrace the divine masculine energy within you and say, I love the divine masculine, it'll come at you from everywhere. The protection, the safety, the kindness, the compassion, the love. So after San Jose, I flew back to Nasara. I went and was eating dinner with my husband and I told him, I said, I, we're creating a paradise here. Literally what we create, we're creating is it's a beautiful house on a mountain overlooking the ocean and it's, it's paradise. I said, but it won't be paradise unless we are paradise together. It'll just be us living in hell, in heaven. It's like, we'll have our, we'll, we'll be in an external heaven, but in an internal hell, which is essentially still hell. So in order to make things heaven, it has to be within you first. So I told him in order for us to do this, we have really got to do this. We've got to really work on this connection issue. And so externally, he was, you know, trying everything, um, you know, buying me some jewelry that he'd see on the side of the road, you know, doing everything he knew how because he didn't, and maybe I didn't even quite understand how we were going to get to where we needed to get and why the level of connection that I felt with Ryan, I could only feel with Ryan, but then I would push it away when it got to a certain level and he would even push it away when it got to a certain level. So then I, you know, once again reflected and realized that it was still within me. I still had to do self work. So we went on a snorkeling trip and they took us to this island. It was a pink sand island to go snorkeling. And my husband says that he can't swim, which he can. So I don't even know why he said that, but he told the, the guy he couldn't swim. So the guy said, oh, then you guys have to go somewhere special. And they took us to across these rocks that we had to walk across these rocks for like 20 to 30 minutes that were razor sharp. They were literally cutting our feet. And I was like, this is so paranormal. I had no idea what was going on. The guy was just running across the rocks. He was Costa Rican. We are like so scared we're going to fall and just kill ourselves. And we were just looking at him. Was this leading somewhere? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah. So then we finally get to this place where the water is like only two feet deep and these rocks are everywhere. And the guy says, oh, you, you who can't swim, you go here. And then I was really mad at my husband because I really wanted to go snorkeling and he had taken us to like a death trap. And so we're going across these rocks. You can't, couldn't even put the fins on because it was so shallow. And at this point you didn't even care what the fish looked like. There wasn't any, you just were caring about whether or not you're gonna get all caught up by the rocks. And so we're looking for some way out, you know, some, some way like where we get to a place where there's actual water that we can swim out of. And then the guy's looking at us, like shaking his head, like, oh, you're having fun. And then I realized that we came to this opening where the water was rushing in, like the, the ocean was just going shoosh. And about 200, 300 feet with, from that rushing water was the boat 
that we swim off of to go to the island to get to where we're at. So we either could go back where we came from or we could go in that water and just pray that we survived as it whooshed us back to the boat. And I remember thinking, okay, so there's going to have to, and I'm a good swimmer, so I was thinking there's going to have to be a helicopter that comes and saves us. And then Sean just looked petrified. And I just looked at him and I was like, I have to go. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to swim for it. And I swam out and I could feel the water swish. And I just, you know, went with the water until I bobbed up and then swam the hardest I could to the boat. And then finally, the, the guy who was with us, the Costa Rican guy, had to end up literally like grabbing my husband's arms and swimming with him. So it turned out that on that trip, my husband had brought a ring with him that he was going to use as a sweet proposal since his first proposal sucked. But that had happened on the way back. We were throwing up because it was so rocky. He was sick. I was sick. My mom was with us. She was sick. So he even said, you know, he told me on the way back what he was planning. And he's like, it's like the universe didn't want that. The universe did not want me to repropose to you. And I said, probably because I would have said no. If I would have known what I knew back then, what I know now, we wouldn't have been at a place to get married. So that is probably why. So then I left that trip in Costa Rica a little disheartened, thinking, okay, we're, we live in paradise in the United States. We're creating paradise in Costa Rica, but yet we've got this thing that's wrong with our relationship. We both actively continued to work on ourselves. And there were some nights that were magical and we would talk and connect. And like I said, the what I, the tantra was amazing. And what that tells me is so when I say the tantra was amazing, it's not just sex. So tantra is energy. So whenever my husband would be on top of me and he would be inside of me, he wouldn't even have to move. Just his energy and my heart against his heart would make me orgasm and make him orgasm. It was very explosive. So I knew that on a soul level, him and I were truly, truly, truly in love. I knew that because of the Tantra. That is why Tantra is so, so important. But it was the stuff from the soul all the way to the conscious mind. You've got genetics, collective stuff, DNA, all the stuff that we work on in an awake that has to be healed and cleared for that to happen on all levels. Meanwhile, my husband still does not want to do ceremonies with me, so I reach out to Ryan and I say, hey, do you want to do ceremonies together? And he's like, absolutely. And then that started a whole other journey. Ryan was a natural when it came to working with natural plant medicine and doing ceremonies. We worked together so elegantly. The energy just flowed. We didn't even have to talk. We knew what to do for the people we were working on. We created a very loving healing space. When I worked with Ryan during ceremony, I was really starting to fall head over heels in love with him because the magic we created, the magic we saw was so life-changing the people that were healing 
the people that left thanking us, the changes that we were seeing, that we were making in the world together is exactly what I had wanted in a husband. So that was actually making things worse because I would see the most miraculous things happen, experience the most miraculous things. All the synchronicities were lining up everywhere and I would come home and just tell my husband about it. He wasn't a part of the magic. He was just someone I tried to explain it to. Then one ceremony that we did was actually at our house and Sean was there and Sean said, you know, you guys can do your thing. I'm just gonna be downstairs making my music. And I would invited a couple close people over that I already done ceremony with to do ceremony. And they wanted to bring their children, you know, to experience the healing as well. They had teenage children. So, you know, we had a really good time doing that. But during the ceremony, one of the women, my husband had came upstairs and one of the women looked at our wedding picture and she said that's a beautiful wedding picture and you could tell that we were dancing and she looked right at my husband and she said what song did you get married to and then my heart dropped because I knew that he would not remember and he just eyes got really wide and I looked at him and I was like you don't even remember do you what song we got married to and then she was like oh my gosh She's like, I did not mean to cause this. And I was like, no, you're fine. I was like, it needed to come out. That's what natural plant medicine does. It brings this stuff out. So I continue the rest of the night and everything went amazing. And then it was time for bed. And I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, it doesn't bother you that I'm having this magical life with another man. He's doing exactly with me what I wanted to do with you. And I'm not even talking about healing. Like, I'm not talking about taking the job as a healer. I'm talking about just connecting with me on that level, no matter what we're doing that creates a healing space. But being present, being present, not on your phone, being present with me in the moment and whomever may be in the room. Because when you do this type of work, when you are present in the moment, and you're in love with the moment, which is what Tantra is, it's being in love, it's to weave in and out with what you're doing, it creates magic and miracles around you, but the presence and the allowance and the connection is everything. I said, it doesn't bother you that this is happening right in front of your eyes with a different man. And he was like, he went into the whole spiel about how he knows that Ryan and I have unconditional love for one another and he doesn't wanna get in the way of that, he just doesn't want, what Ryan and I have to be sexual, so he's okay with the relationship as long as it's not sexual, which you know upset me. And then I went right into saying, and what am I supposed to think about you not even knowing the wedding song that we got married to? It's like the universe is trying to point at us and, and laugh and say, see, do you see how much you guys don't even really know each other or weren't, weren't even present? when you got married and then he looks at me and he goes Rebecca he's like I'm on your side and I was like isn't that funny that was the name of our wedding song he goes what I go we got married to on my side by Linka and you just said that you said I'm on your side and then he started laughing and he's like yeah that is very synchronistic 
And then we processed through that, and then we went to bed. And I felt that slowly but surely we kept getting digging. It was like taking a little pitchfork, digging into like a big mound of rocks. But we were we were getting there. Things would go back to where Sean and I started to get close. I would pretty much stay away from Ryan until we had another ceremony that we would do together. I would experience that magic, the love that he had for me, the love I had for him. Um, we would have a connection. I would come home confused. It was like a cycle. And even Sean said, it's like the first three days that you come home, you're very distant. And then I would be honest and I'd be like, it's because I'm creating magic with a different man. And I'm thinking to myself the whole entire time, should I be with this man? You know, who should I be with? Should I be with my husband or should I be with Ryan? And at that point, you know, Ryan was experiencing the same things in reference to me, still wondering, you know, if I was the one for him or maybe I was just a catalyst to get him where he needed to be because he even said, Rebecca, if it is not you that I'm with, at least you are a reference point. He's like, I will never settle for less than what I have now with you. And he's like, but I'll even have more because I'll have all of that person, not just half of that person when they're not with their husband. And then we realized too, because when Ryan and I were talking about it, we had realized that the exact song that I opened up the portal to, Purple Rain, was the theme of our relationship. And it was at that moment, if you listen to the words of Purple Rain about being a weekend lover, it's, it was exactly us. And that song just played everywhere we went. One time we went to go see a bluegrass band that was at the lake. And that bluegrass band, whenever Ryan and I and Sean were there, played Purple Rain. It was like everywhere. The synchronicities in the universe was everywhere that we went, through the songs, through the messages that we were getting. Everything was aligning. Well, then a really big test came when... Ryan was at my house around the time of New Year's Eve. He had come up to help me do something. New Year's Eve was coming, so I said to my husband, you know, we have to invite him over. Like, he's coming over for New Year's Eve. You have to accept that. And my husband was like, okay, I'm in agreement to that. So my family comes over, my friends come over. You know, we have a gathering for New Year's Eve, and we have a large swim spa, so our hot tub can fit probably easily 10 to 12 people, easily. And so there's, like, everybody's in the tub, and I'm sitting there around 11 p.m. at night thinking to myself, midnight's going to come, and my husband's going to expect me to kiss him in front of Ryan, and I literally could not do it. I, I couldn't choose one of them at that moment to kiss at midnight. I couldn't do that to either one of them. And so I had tried to get out of the hot tub, but I'm telling you, the universe was against me. Willow was in the hot tub. She didn't want to get out. Everybody's like, no, let's stay in the hot tub. It'd be really good to be in the hot tub when New Year's hits. And then it's getting close to midnight. My husband walks over to me and I said to him, I can't kiss you. I'm not doing that to Ryan. And that is when my husband just broke down and layers came off of him at that point. He said, you're not even going to kiss your own husband on New Year's Eve because of another guy? And 
people heard us, so everybody got out of the hot tub, except for my best friend, Sean and I, even Ryan left, he took Willow, his eyes were wide, everybody just walked in the house. And Sean and I had it out, and I was saying, you're okay with this. Every day, you're watching me create magic and create a life with another man just so you can be at home and isolate yourself and then make your wife happy and I'm gonna come back to that and I'm supposed to be okay with that. I was like, well, I'm not. I'm telling you, I think I'm in love with him still. I don't know what to do about it. And then it starts to thunder, right? And my best friend's sitting there, her eyes are wide. And I'm telling my husband this, like all kinds of things, you know, that would really be hurtful. And he's just sitting there and just taking it. And I took off my ring and I threw it deep in the woods. And I was like, that is what I think of our marriage right now. And then all of a sudden it started raining. But the funny thing about the rain and, and where the universe was really playing jokes on us at this point was since the first day I had ever met Sean, I told him that I think it's really romantic to kiss in the rain. Like in that scene in the notebook where they kiss in the rain, I mean, I'm sure every girl dreams about that scene, but for me, I love the rain. I, I'll walk in the rain, I like to play in the rain. I think kissing in the rain is super magical. And he had never ever tried to kiss me in the rain and I would tell him this. Like, as the years went on, I would say, do you know you still have not tried to kiss me in the rain and I always tell you I want you to kiss me in the rain? So here we are in the hot tub. I just threw the ring in the, in the woods I told him that I was in love with another man and I might still leave him for this other man. It starts pouring rain. He looks at me, dead in my eyes, and he says, kiss me. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. The one time that you wanna kiss me in the rain is now? I was like, absolutely not. So I said, I don't know what we're going to do about this, but something has to be done. So finally, my husband left the hot tub and left my best friend and I in the hot tub. And she was literally sitting there in a state of paralysis and shock. She said it took her back to when her parents used to fight when she was a child. But then when she took a deep breath and she was able to ground herself, she said something to me that was shocking that I will never forget. She said, Rebecca, I'm telling you that Niall is divine masculine the things that you just said to him, the things that he witnessed, what he just endured. He stayed very calm. He stayed very collected. He's still listening to you. He still wants to be there for you. This must be very hurtful for him. He must be grieving substantially. And I'm watching him keep it together as he's still showing love for you. She said, trust me, he loves you. This is a sign of the divine masculine. Very shortly after New Year's Eve, my daughter, Sean, her boyfriend, and I went out to eat. And the universe still was not done with us. I did not tell my daughter anything really that we were going through, like in detail about him inviting his friends over on the wedding night or the way he proposed to me. She didn't know. We're sitting at dinner. And she randomly, and remember, I had already thrown my rings in the woods, but he had gotten a metal detector 
and found the rings and and gave them back to me, but I just put them on the nightstand. I wasn't wearing them at this point, but she didn't notice that. But my daughter randomly says, Mom, you're not going to believe this. Alyssa, who is my niece and, and my daughter's cousin, she goes, Alyssa's friend got proposed to the other day in a kitchen. And of course she said no. So I'm looking at Ariel like, she knows something like great this is a joke and she's totally serious she's like can you believe that her boyfriend proposed to her in a kitchen and at this time ariel was 16 and then of course sean just looks right at me and says i'm beginning to think this stuff is real because it was like the universe just slapping him across the face laughs and he laughs and he laughs and he says i believe you rebecca this stuff is real he's like the guardian parents telling you that Ryan was coming in, showing you the vision, you opening the portal, him coming through it. He's like, all of it. He's like, I, I believe it. He's like, I can see this all happening right in front of my face. He goes, why can't your guardian parents or the higher guidance talk to me and tell me what to do? And I said, if you would be centered in yourself, you could hear them, but you got to go deep into yourself and, and trust yourself enough to be able to hear what they're saying. He said, yes, I trust that and I'm going to be working on it. And of course, he said something then that was absolutely amazing to me. He said, I want you to know that I am very thankful for Ryan. I'm so thankful that Ryan has come into our lives because what has happened and transpired since he has come in has made both you and I grow so much that we would not be healing in the way that we're healing right now you know we would wait till later in marriage to our 20 years in marriage and be like oh we're really disconnected he said i am very very grateful for ryan i want to let you know that i know that this man has helped us he has been a catalyst to our healing during the next ceremony which i'll talk about in episode 19 of upside down mirror something happened where I think it changed everything for good. 